0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking Superflex rookie drafts and how to trade up in your rookie drafts on roto Radio.
2: What's up, roto
1: Welcome to the Rotaviz Fantasy Football Show. This is Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. My second show this week in the host chair, and you would not believe how comfortable it feels after uh, just finishing up a show less than three minutes ago <laughs> and, and rolling into the next one. Dave, it's funny how those mental reps come back. Um, I I, I got to admit, man, I I just closed some trades earlier today, including one where I sent away. DJ Moore and I'm really nervous to get your feedback yep. uh on this. How are you showing up uh to this episode, my friend?
2: Oh, I'm I'm doing great. You know, I'm getting comfortable in my seat as well. There's not as much responsibility, I feel like. I don't need to watch the clock as much, you know, make sure I'm moving things along. We're supposed to watch a clock. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you're in the host okay. seat, you've got to make sure that, you know, know. you you have in your mind an idea of how long each segment's going to last that you're mapping it out and that you know you're hitting the desired length of the show i will admit the longer we've started doing this the less and less i have paid attention to that but you know once you've developed that rapport i think you just let things breathe however though i do think it's important you have that that you know that clock in the back of your mind like all the great ones do
1: yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, this is the same situation in terms of dancing partners, but it really is a different feel to the show, uh, when when the other person's leading. I'm I, I'm used to uh having my arms around your neck and not the other way around. So, uh, with that, <laughs> with that, we'll get into the content for tonight, and we're gonna jump right in, Dave, with our FFPC stat attack. <laughs> And this stat attack is brought to you by our advanced player stat explorer on rotoviz.com. Dave, there were 60 wide receivers who saw 50 or more targets through week 13 in 2021. Why week 13? Why is that important? Well, that's when Lamar Jackson stopped playing full games after that point. Because this (laughs) stat is about Marquise Hollywood Brown. All right. Brown's advanced metrics with Jackson highlighted some glaring problems. He was tied for 46th out of 60 in catchable targets percentage overall. Just 74% of his targets were catchable. And he was 50th out of 60 in air yards conversion rate. Dave, just 40% of his air yards were converted with Lamar Jackson. Now, let's contrast that with Christian Kirk's metrics in 2021 with one Kyler Murray. And I think our listeners can start to figure out where this might be going. Mm -hmm. Murray is perhaps the deadliest deep ball thrower in the game since he entered the league. That's evidenced by Christian Kirk, who's been a kind of a career, maybe just better than mediocre receiver. He was sixth in catchable targets percentage in 2021 at 86%, 12% hike over what Hollywood saw. But notably, first out of those 60 receivers, an air yards conversion rate, converting 68% of those air yards. Now, why is this notable? Why am I comparing these two players? Because I just traded for Hollywood Brown and Christian Kirk's (laughs) no longer on the Cardinals. (laughs) now um how does that relate to rookie drafts it, it all dovetails together right here dave so i'm sitting on the board at 106 in my upcoming ffpc uh dynasty uh rookie draft it's gonna launch on saturday as all of them do on that platform and i've got a squad here that's just super deep at wide receiver i've got tyree Hill. D.J. Moore, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cook, Tyler Lockett. It's a typical, uh, it's it's one of my typical builds. Uh, It's looking a little shakier at running back getting into the season. I have Antonio Gibson, uh, Cordero Patterson, Rashad Penny, and Ronald Jones. So I'm going to be either rotating some guys through, playing the waiver wire, I need to add some rookies, or potentially trade some wide receiver depth for some running backs if I want to get my second title in three years in this league. I want to move up to the 104. In this league, with the idea that I would take a player I'm not as high on, uh, but I think gives me the access to the type of roster that I need this year, because it would it would actually lock up a backfield for me. And I'm talking about Kenneth Walker at that 104. He is the one. He's in our Tier One B in the rookie guide. I don't think I want to get. I don't want to give up enough to get into that top three or maybe over into the 101 overall to get Brees Hall, even though those would be preferred targets. I just don't want to sacrifice. Sacrifice all of that from this roster because I also don't think I necessarily need that. I just need those two running backs that I can trot out there each week. So I start looking around the rosters of the rest of the league, and and really honing in there on the one three, the one four, the one five. And Dave, I just send out you know one trade, no counters, immediate accept. Wow. The trade I sent out was the one o six plus my DJ Moore for the one o four plus. Marquise Hollywood Brown. Wow, and it's it's accepted on the spot. Wow. So now I think the reason that this was accepted is like by and large, up until now, up until the events of the last week or so, probably ninety five percent of the dynasty community would have had DJ Moore like not even just ranked above Marquise Brown, but potentially like a full tier above him, even though they're similar ages, coming off similarly impressive seasons, just not really thought of the same way. But the events of the last week are really important ones. I mean, he's reunited with his college quarterback, Kyler Murray. Their performance together led to their draft capital in the first round at the 101 and then like in the mid-first, I think, is where, where Hollywood went. Something like 15th overall, if memory serves. And they're reunited. All of a sudden, the fears of Kyler Murray wanting out of Arizona are gone. All of a sudden, we, we hear that Brown kind of manufactured this trait that the love affair with Lamar Jackson was personal and not professional. Uh, didn't like the system in, in Baltimore, the types of touches that he was getting. Then a couple of days later, we find out DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games of the season for P alleged PD PED use, but the tests say what they say. I mean, Brown Brown is in a great, he's in a great situation. And and I think at I mean, there's no squinting involved to see that he would repeat his effectiveness from, you know, the the you know the beginning half of 2021 in in these new digs. Yep. Um, he's already shown the rapport with Murray. They have that to fall back on from college. So the idea of this type of trade, if you if you want to trade up in your upcoming rookie draft, is to pivot to a player who maybe would be in the same tier for you but maybe not for the community because those trades can become easy to uh, get accepted. Not many owners this close to the rookie drafts are going to be wanting to trade down before they're on the clock. But because this looked like a clear victory on paper to the other manager, I mean, you know, if, if he, he, you know, starts roster baiting, starts bragging about these trades on social, whatever, I'm sure he's going to, you know, he's going to be lauded for this move that, you know, he pulled a big time heist on, on me. Uh, I just don't feel that way. So there's a lot for you to dive in there. You can kind of pick what you want to focus on the idea of trading up on this roster for a player like Walker, uh, moving up in general or thoughts on, you know, DJ Moore and or Marquise Brown, Dave.
2: Lots of thoughts there. I guess the first would be is that serves as a great example of not only how to offer up a good trade, but to also, you know, actually get a deal done. Clearly, you know, you sent it through the first offer right there, accepted, boom. I think that that's generally uh, indicative that that trade makes a lot of sense, but I completely get what you're doing and I like that concept. Um, You know, that's also, if we just take a step back and you're even not looking at that in the context of a trade, but understanding when those shifts are coming for players is huge. Yeah. And this definitely feels like one where even it's very hard to make a, a negative case about why this doesn't shoot Hollywood up, you know, for all of those reasons that you just said. Um so I I think that's a, a very great trade. Um you know there was one other place my mind was going after that and I already forget it, Curtis.
1: That's all, that's all right. I have a couple uh <laughs> those I want to put on the topic. I don't want to you know people can obviously go on redavis.com and read this this is part of my dynasty trade diary series uh, i'm trying to do a couple of these a month um so you can either tail my trades or if nothing else just kind of learn from uh the process you know dj Moore is a player i have a ton of exposure to in dynasty but i am trying to just kind of casually move off of a, a little bit uh of it you know we're going to have yet another season of his prime um probably wasted with Sam Darnold probably will end up having a quarterback transition at some point during this year to a rookie with a very wide range of outcomes in Matt Corral, a desperate coaching staff that's going to be clinging on for dear life to their jobs. You know, it's just, you know, DJ Moore re-upped in Carolina. um, So we're going to have yet another regime change probably unless Matt Corral or Sam Darnold end up like just really surprising. So then we're gonna have yet another quarterback change in 2023, probably. I mean that that's you know if if we get 100 simulations on the next year, I think greater than 50 of them turn out that way. And uh, I, I get into this a little bit more with some of the other receivers uh, in the article. There are reasons, even though I like all of these players still, there's reasons to have some questions in your mind about Tyreek Hill, about Amari Cooper, about Brandon Cooks, about Tyler Lockett and of course about DJM, all of their situations changing. And so why this? while this wide receiver core on this particular roster had a lot of wow factor to it and a lot of brand name uh, appeal, I've got to insulate myself and still make sure that I have access to some of that weekly upside with elite quarterback receiver pairings. And so that was really one of the other things that drew me to this type of offer and now that I've been successful, I may be trying to move maybe one or two other DJ Moore shares for Hollywood and, and similar uh, deal constructs there, Dave. But there's, there's much more on that. I also talk about why I'm willing to, to, you know, potentially reach a little bit in my own rankings for Walker at 104 because of the concentration of round two picks I have in this draft and the, the depth of wide receiver. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I want to talk about some of your dynasty squads, Dave. And in particular... Maybe see if I can get you to tip your hand in a league that we go head to head on. I think Sean's recent article on the site, you know, about kind of value hunting in the 2022 rookie drafts and, and his exercise of ignoring his own rankings um for this exercise and trying to predict three round super flex ADP, uh, that could serve as a great backdrop. Uh before we get into it, just want to remind you the best place to play Dynasty, if you're looking for a startup, uh you know, after the NFL draft is FFPC, uh, myffpc.com. We have our Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty leagues. I think it's the best way to play Dynasty because I helped them design this product. You can play it. Price points from seventy-seven dollars all the way up to five thousand dollars annually. There's good payouts. There's a great app, and these are the most engaged Dynasty owners you know around. I, I play in fifteen to twenty Dynasty leagues typically. Uh, you know, inevitably some of them fold. On FFPC, no Dynasty League ever has ever folded. They have a 100% orphan replacement rate. So all of the effort that you put into these squads and the, the TLC that you provide to them, uh, it's never going to go to waste. Your league is never going to fold. Uh, So make sure you check that out on my FFPC.com. In this league that we are playing in, Dave, I traded up for the 101. I'm going to take Brees Hall. I'm taking him off the board for you right now. I won this league last year. Yeah. And I'm coming back hot with the 101. Yep, yep, so yep. you're you're staring up at me, but you got you're I'm a little worried because you know you've you've got a lot of draft capital here to make a big move. Um you're you're picking fifth. You've got the 105, 205, 305, and then you also have two additional thirds in the 309 and the 310. And of course there will be some veterans sprinkled in, you know, in this rookie slash veteran uh draft, which is the way that FFPC does it. So I you know, I want to talk about your plans in the first and the second, but then I think we can get into some sleeper discussion in the third, as between the two of us we have four picks in that that range. So, you know, I'll just run down your roster and then yep. want you tell me your plans for the one oh five here. Um, you've got Kirk Cousins and, and Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think you're you're probably gonna go QB at one oh five. Um, even though this is super flex, I just don't I mean you're correcting me if I'm wrong, but I'll assume silence is agreement.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, but very, you've got, very, yeah. very, very large <laughs> agreement there.
1: Okay, so you've got Kareem Hunt, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Ramondre Stevenson at running back. Uh, so, you know, some opportunity there maybe, but also it's not a, a desperate situation as it is best ball, and you all four of those guys have roles. Um, nice wide receiver core of Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, we just talked about. You're not going to have for the first, mm-hmm. you know, almost half of the season. So, you know, we're going to be thinking about that position. Will Fuller, we expect, will catch on. If he can stay healthy, he could provide some bounce there. Kendrick Bourne's, uh, you know, surprise last year in New England. Uh, however, will be competing with uh, Taequann Thornton and uh, also Devontae Parker uh, for some of those touchdowns in particular. And then Curtis Samuel, who knows what he might be. At tight end, you've got Dawson Knox. Johnny Smith and Jared Cook. So you got Knox anchoring there, but not much depth to speak of at this point. So that's the backdrop. David, the 105, you know, Sean thinks the guys that will be off the board will be Hall. He's correct there. He's also predicting that London, Drake London, Kenneth Walker and Garrett Wilson would also come off the board. So if we, if we go by this predicted ADP, you're going to have your choice between Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, and Chris Olave, most notably. Yep. If this is the scenario that plays out, which direction do you think you're going to go?
2: Oh, if this plays out, I definitely go with, with Burks. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier in the week, but I think I'm looking at getting a player onto this roster that's going to be an absolute star for years to come with a ton of upside. Feel better about him by far. Let's say, I think the more interesting scenario is what do I do if, um, you know, Burks goes earlier in London is gone to be honest, as I've mentioned, I'm having a lot of trouble teasing out the difference between, um, Williams and Wilson. One thing I might be looking to do actually is move back from that fifth spot. If it's looking like both of them, <coughs> excuse me, are going to be around, see if I could make something work out there. Um, because the other piece that I'll add in here too, I honestly, with the wide receiver core that I have there, um, with this being a best ball league that I know I might not pay as much attention to as I should, but this is the type of thing you need to think about. I actually would be open to getting Walker on this team because I think it could be useful. Yeah. And I think that I could make, I, I, you know what I mean? Like I could easily get a little bit of appreciation somewhere else and move back and get Walker in this spot. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on in the early rounds. I think that the fifth spot's a good spot to be in because it does give me some room to move around. Um, And I'm probably going to be able to get somebody that I'm happy with, but I would be happiest if Burks is still hanging out. We're driven
0: by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Yeah, I think that would be the way to play it too. The big decision you're going to have is, if running backs a priority, do you like Walker enough to trade up to the 102 because that's the only way you're going to lock him in? Yep. Um, or do you try to move the 105, you know, potentially for another veteran to add to Cream Hunt and Aaron Jones? Um, you could go shopping for, you know, some of those older, you know, second contract guys. You know, maybe adding to the 105 could get you a Joe Mixon or could yep. get you a Derrick Henry. Um, but you know, then you're really playing in a in a short you know time frame, and with your quarterbacks also being Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, and and not having a third QB for this super flex squad, you know, you're really going to be kind of trying to thread the needle on the outcome this year. Yep. So if I if if you know, I mean, it's it's all amongst friends. I mean, I know I'm competing against you here, but obviously, you know, when I see a roster like this, um, you really that's the big decision, you know, cause you have Hopkins, you have Diggs, um, you have some real veteran firepower here. And then of course with Jones and hunt, um, but you, you almost need to maybe lean into that even more yep, or, you know, sell off a couple of those guys and give yourself some potential outs where if, if those first and second year players hit, you could win maybe a year earlier than expected. Uh, Sean deployed that strategy in my signature, uh, Black Crown Dynasty Invitational League, and won a year ahead of schedule um, last year with that same strategy, uh, besting Scott Baird and myself and and Tyler uh, Beaker. So, you know, I think th- those are some things to think about. Let's get into the second round because I yep. think as we get deeper into the rookie draft, maybe it'll become apparent the strategy that you you ought to chase here. You've got the two hundred five. Um, And rather than read down all the list of names through the the first and second round that would be gone by then, you know, I can remind people to check out Sean's article on the site. And I'll just give you the top three available that wouldn't have been selected in the exercise. You'd have Malik Willis, Damian Pierce, Desmond Ritter, and I'll go one deeper to give you a wide receiver, David Bell. So Willis, Pierce, Ritter, and Bell on the board there for you, given your team needs, how are you approaching this pick?
2: That is going to be a tough one. I do think, though, that um, having the opportunity to get Willis, who I think will be playing, um, you know, pretty soon in the squad, definitely not this year, but I think that it. Um, is a a chance for upside that I'd be worth getting into this roster, kind of setting it up for the future. I'm not sure that pivoting elsewhere gives me as much utility at this point as making that move does. I think that could kind of be argued with. Um, There's definitely some points against it, but I think that's probably where I would go because I have found sometimes um, myself getting into, especially in these super flex leagues, some quarterback issues as of late. Um, And I think that this could be yeah. a sneaky way to get into a quarterback. That's going to be very desirable in the future, especially because Curtis with these quarterbacks falling as a group, I think it's going to pull those values down as a group. And you're going to be looking at maybe getting a discount on a player like Malik Willis. Whereas if the NFL teams had gone on them earlier, we'd see drafters going on them a little bit earlier in these fantasy drafts.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with, uh, with, with most of that. It's, you know, if if Willis would be your pick, and these are the players on the board, to me it starts to point more be uh, more towards maybe a one year pit, uh, one one year pivot into a rebuild. Yep, <clears throat> a third round rookie, you know, playing behind Ryan Tannehill on a team that expects to win. Now, I mean, the most likely scenario is that Willis either sees a handful of snaps. In gadget packages or doesn't see the field at all, right? Um, and so you know, a stash in a two hundred fifty dollars dynasty league, um, you know, points more toward a future minded strategy. um I think it's probably the you know it's probably the right approach that we're in the mid second and talking about this name, uh, because you know, a hit for Willis or Ritter versus a hit for Damian Pierce or David Bell, it's inarguable. Um, which assets would be worth the most which would improve your roster overall and your long-term potential um however i would expect you know both pierce and bell to produce you know almost immediately oh, yeah. in yeah. in their roles on their respective teams so i think that's interesting you'd also have the option you know with a mid second for somebody that if the board plays out this way i do think there will be other managers who would have interest in some of these players in a pivot to a quarterback that might help your team this year, a mid-second when a team's on the clock might help you get, I don't know, a, a Carson Wentz or somebody yeah. in that level where it's not going to really excite you, uh, but you do have Terry McLaurin on this team. Um, you know, a, that's a type of on the clock move that that you could potentially explore that you know might help that other squad move on from an asset that they aren't as excited about anymore but might help you in a more, you know, win now spot without having a player that's going to go to a zero in one
2: year. Carson Wentz feels like a quarterback, very easy to acquire right now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually <laughs> a, a friend, friend of the pod and former Rota TJ Calkins um, actually texted me before the show. It's why Wentz is in my brain. Oh yeah. Uh, and is try- trying to acquire him uh, from me in in one of our mutual dynasty leagues. So uh, I, I will probably be taking him up on that <laughs> if we can get get into an agreeable price point. Yeah. Now the third round's where it gets really interesting. You've got the three hundred five, the three hundred nine, the three ten, and I'll have the three twelve. Yeah. So I really want to know who you're targeting in the third round because uh, I'm going to be left with the scraps of your uh, shopping spree there in the in the in the mid to late third by ADP, uh, by Sean's predicted ADP, and I will say. I think he's going to be wrong on these first uh, couple of players that, that I'm going to read off. Just the years of experience that I have playing FFPC leagues, I think these running backs will get pushed off the board a little bit, yep, even yep. though they didn't get a draft capital. Yep. I think Brian Robinson and Isaiah Spiller will be gone. I don't yep. think you're going uh, to... I, Tyler Algier, even who he predicts will be 301, I think he's a second-round pick probably in, in most FFPC drafts. But what that might mean is if you were to opt to skip out on Malik Willis. Perhaps you come back with the Sam Howe in the mid-third um, as a potential a cheaper stash where you're not giving up one of those premium picks. Uh, but the players that I'm more certain would be available would be Tyquan Thornton for your New England Patriots, Romeo uh, Dubes in uh, Green Bay, Zamir White, new Las Vegas Raider, Jalen Tolbert, Greg Dulcich, Tyler uh, Beatty, and Hassan Haskins round out that third. You're going to be able to take four or uh, three of these players, Dave, Anybody in particular excite you there?
2: Well, one player that does excite me is Tyler Batty. I look at this situation there in Baltimore. Obviously, things have set up very nicely for J.K. Dobbins. A lot of people viewing that as one of the big takeaways in this draft. However, goes back to the idea that we know it's a team that likes to run the ball, can expect them to have two guys involved. Um, So landing on this roster, I think, sets him up as somebody that, uh, should be able to contribute, even if it's incremental, um, this year and maybe the next couple of years. So I think he's a useful piece to get onto my roster. Um, especially with the element of this being a best ball dynasty league. So I do kind of have my eyes on him. I think that he could be useful. Now, some of this, of what I do in this range, obviously is going to hinge Upon What has happened earlier. Uh, However, I was kind of thinking earlier that if I do miss um, on getting Malik Willis or, um, you know, like Sam Howell, who I've mentioned, I'm interested in depending on how things shake out, it's possible I could use one or two of these picks to try to make a move and then go after another low level. Uh, kind of passer there. Some of that's going to hinge upon how I feel in terms of my possibility of competing with you and Brees Hall <laughs> as this, as this yeah. draft shakes out. But uh, of the names in these range, Batty someone I'm interested in. in you mm-hmm. know, Zamir White too. Um, I actually think could be kind of interesting. You look at the backfield there in Las Vegas. Obviously, you're going to have Josh Jacobs as the guy there's Kenyon Drake, a couple other names behind him, but I'm not convinced that we don't see him able to work his way in at points there. Um not to say that I'm expecting big things from any of the running backs in this range. Um but as a team that has the need, perhaps those are two guys I I consider adding to the roster.
1: Yeah, I think I mean all all the players when we get this deep in the draft, it's it's a little bit eye of the beholder and and for me I this late, I'm a little bit less worried about profile. And honestly, I just want that pathway to early yep. production because that's going to insulate their dynasty value, uh, prevent them from going to a zero the first year that they're on your roster, and either make them a tradable asset or maybe you get one of those rare hits, you know, about a 10% hit rate for you know fantasy darling in this round, but it does happen. Um, you know, I, I think um Taequann Thornton, you know, obviously having the speed element there in new England and you know, Mac Jones looking like, uh, you know, he's going to be able to prop up people for fantasy purposes. You know, maybe he could be a future too, um, with all the other surrounding, um, talent. I mean, I would say Jones got more out of that cast of characters in 2021 than I would have ever expected. Yeah, It was impressive. And so, you know, I think Thornton and Parker are interesting sleepers even, uh, for this upcoming year. Um, less interested in, in Romeo Dubes, not necessarily because he has a worse profile or anything. It's just you just haven't really seen those rookies stick with Rodgers over the course of a long career. It's not like a recent trend. Even Devontae Adams looked like a nothing, you know, for the first couple years of his tenure there. And so, you know, some of the same reasons I'm not super pumped about Christian Watson even in, in yeah. 2022. I mean, I'd almost be looking more at uh you know, looking more at some of the players that they added in the last draft or two to take the major step uh, forward, and and Lazard, um, or even maybe in Amari Rogers uh, versus the guys that that joined the team this year. I'm interested in Jalen Tolbert here for you in that Dallas Cowboys offense. Mm-hmm. They propped up three receivers before Tolbert. I think has a better profile than either one of those players. Agreed. Um. And uh, you know, Gallup is it's looking like Gallup may not be fully healthy and ready to start the beginning of the year. I mean, we could be looking at week one, Jalen Tolbert as the wide receiver two in the Cowboys offense. Um, I think he's gonna go under drafted. I, I really like him. I mean, I, I would hope that you would leave him there for me at three twelve, uh, but I can't in good conscience not recommend him. I think th- that's a really interesting target. You know, you also have Greg Dulcich, who might not be a year one hit. But behind Dawson Knox, you're really looking for some tight end upside in this best ball element. And, uh, you know, I, I like what he could potentially add. Yep. You know, I don't think it would be impossible for him to just be better than Albert okoye in uh, Denver. And so, you know, that, that could be an interesting uh, situation. Tyler Batty, I was all in pre-draft. You know, Sean saying that, you know, he could be the next great receiving back in the NFL – and I don't want to, oh, I hate to ever over adjust for landing spot, but you don't want to see the next great receiving back land in fricking Baltimore. Like that's that, is just, <laughs> that is true. It was yes. such a <laughs> gut punch. I mean, not only do they have some other exciting talent there, it just, you know, it's, it's, I'm conflicted, you know, and Sean's piece, you know, he talks about, you know, the element of batty backing up Dobbins who, you know, maybe, you know, coming off injury, could he become injury prone? you know, I, I would like to see Jackson throw the ball to a, a back enough, a complimentary back enough to make him fantasy relevant.
2: Right, so best ball right.
1: helps best ball does help this.
2: Cause I, I it, hear your and, point. Yeah. I guess what I'm, what I'm hoping, well, not hoping for, I was going to say chaos, right? What the, like this type yeah. of play is just embracing the fact that if there's chaos, which chaos does happen, stochastic game here, right? Then this could pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I think that's really what I'm looking for with these spots. You know, I said to contribute incrementally, but that's assuming, you know, there's going to be times that Dobbins isn't available or there might be games where it just happens to go his way. This is one of those teams where that can happen. And what we do like about,
1: yeah, what we do like about uh, Batty as well is the fact that he did handle a big workload versus some of the other smaller backs and so if Dobbins were to be slow in his recovery and miss the beginning of the year or to you know go down again unfortunately uh for his managers and for him as a player you know Batty does look like a player that that could shoulder more of a load and wouldn't have to win only in the receiving game so I I like that I do like that for your team and it is good to add players on teams that score lots of touchdowns and then you know another player if ADP goes the way that Sean is predicting here and all these players are available. I, I actually think I will consider his 312 there, Hassan Haskins. And it's not a player we've talked a lot about. But in Tennessee, when Henry went down last year, I mean, Deontay Foreman kind of just stepped in and did his thing, man. Dude, and he Hassan, was still rushing yeah. for
2: 100 yards. Has. And Haskins
1: is that big body yep. back that was so rare in this class, 225 plus pounds. I mean, he just... I mean, some players look like they should be wearing a certain jersey I mean, he looks like a Tennessee Titan. Right. And so... uh, you know, did he score like 20, to like twenty touchdowns?
2: Like twenty touchdowns, twenty rushing touchdowns last year. So this is good, one of those. Yeah. Why are the, the Titans are a great spot this for looking yeah. for one for one replacements this year. Not that anybody would be a one for one <laughs> replacement for Derrick Henry, but you get the yeah. point.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they definitely uh, they want to keep playing bully ball, and they yeah. drafted the you know the types of players that allow them to do that. And I may have just talked you into selecting Haskins before I'm on the clock, and I realized that. But well, you um, didn't need to because you know, I actually yeah.
2: was higher on Haskins <laughs> than than most uh, of the team, yeah. like in the earlier rounds. And actually, yeah. I think I was the one grabbing him in most of the uh, mock right. drafts yeah. that we did. So yeah, so don't don't uh, don't don't make this like you were all over my boy Haskins. Oh, I no, watched, I wasn't I watched those. I watched those Michigan highlights. I yeah, saw that basically running down the field.
1: I'm not real. I, I have not really been on him. Uh, but this deep into a rookie draft, if that's the way ADP plays out, I think that would be a good addition uh, for my squad. You know, just missed. Um, so Sean kind of goes through 40 players in this exercise. I think there is one other name here that I'd be pretty interested in. Um, that would basically just be a play away from maybe being a major contributor. And it's pure strong uh, for your Patriots. Um, really exciting uh, athletic profile. We've seen Belichick show basically zero loyalty to yes. the running backs there. <laughs> and if you get your chance to be the hot hand, you can just carry that thing, you know, uh, basically to your heart's desire. Just don't make any dumb mistakes and, and you can continue to be that hot hand. So, man, strong could be exciting in that offense. I think that they're going to continue to ascend. I do think they want to be more ball control you know, obviously than they were in the Brady era. And so there's lots of opportunity. We saw even a relatively unexciting player like Damian Harris and like Ramond De- Ramondre Stevenson have some success in the system last year and strong is a better athlete than either of those guys for sure. So that would be another name. I think you can gobble up some value here in the third and really get some upside and some youth onto this roster. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. And, you know, (laughs) at least one of the players that we talked about, you're going to leave for me. So I'll just have to, I guess, wait until 312 uh, is OTC (laughs) and and we'll see what direction I go.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of moves that a team like the one that I will be, uh, you know, drafting for here. A lot of different directions I could take this. I'm glad that we had this conversation so I can go ahead and maybe snipe some of these guys. Um, you know, still a little upset that you managed to get Brees Hall. So we're going to have to make it work.
1: (laughs) Definitely. uh, Definitely. Don't take Jalen Tolbert, uh, with any of your picks. (laughs) Don't take him. You leave him for me, take all these backs and leave him there for me. Uh, I will figure out how to make that right for you.
2: Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz fantasy football show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.